When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Todd Dammit Kearns from Slash featuring Miles K and the Conspirators, Bruce Kulick, and so much more. And you are listening to the hottest podcast in the land, Shout It Out Loud cast with Tom and Zeus. <laughs> That's right, people. We're back with another episode of Dorm Damage, the show where anything and everything is on the table and the table gets smashed this week. Very special guest. If you're listening to us, you know who he is and you sure as hell listen to his podcast. The host of 80s glam metal cast and the author of the brand new awesome book titled A Hair Metal Journey. Welcome Metal Mike to the show. Mike, what's up, brother? What's going on, Tom and Zeus, man? So great to be talking to you. We've, we've chatted uh, online for years, so this is awesome, man. Glad to be here. Awesome, awesome. So when we got this invitation, we kind of talked to you a little bit about it, and you like, Mike is doing a book? Oh, cool. And we jumped on this because we want to get you on, but I'm like, oh, shit, I wish I read the book before I brought it. I finished your book in a day. We both did. Yep. Not in in nice. one day. Yep. And yep. that's not to say because it was short, although it wasn't very long. It's not friggin' Joey Casada type books. So <laughs> it, I so much enjoyed this. And we don't we don't like blow smoke out people's ass. Like when we have a, a somebody on, we wanna like their stuff and to talk legit about it. I loved it, Mike. I loved it. It read like a real story. I think we're all around the same age. We're Tom and I both uh, 50, so 73 were born. A lot of the stuff is like takes me back to what you wrote in your book. I, I can't wait to get into it, but we both read it. So we're excited to talk to you about it. Yeah, That's absolutely. Awesome. A- absolutely, Mike. Kudos. So, t- so your show, 80s Glam Metal Cast, you've had everybody on your show. Again, we follow you on social media of Twitter and Facebook. You know, listen to the podcast, subscribe to it, and hear all that stuff. So, tell us what, what, when did the light go off that you're like, you know what? I talked to all these guys. I got a story to tell. It's time to write a book. Yeah. So, basically, what happened, a really simple story is I was on vacation one night. You know, sometimes when you're on vacation, you can't sleep very well in this new environment that you're in. And uh, I couldn't sleep. 
And I tell you guys, it was just weird. All of a sudden, like this audio book just started running in my head. You know what I mean? I don't know if I was like half dreaming, half sleeping, half awake. I don't know what I was, but I started to hear it. You know, and I was like, oh, 1980, I, I had these records and I'm going through all these years of all these things that I had and everything. And then I started to think, oh, okay, I'll write a book about, um, you know, all these things that I did in the 80s. And then the light bulb really went off when I was like, wait, hey, idiot, you interviewed like 100 different 80s metal guys. Why don't you take your story, insert the, some of their stories, and, and now you really got something. So, yeah, that's where it all came from. I just wanted to take people on a journey, literally. Um, I was getting nostalgic. Like you said, yeah, I'm very close in age to you guys. I'm 47. So uh, I was thinking back about things I did as a kid, trying to figure out why did I get so big into this, you know, and kind of tracing back to like cartoons and, and superheroes and, 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 you know, Kiss and Alice Cooper, man, they fit the bill, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was crazy. Like Zeus said, reading the book and, and again, it take that as a compliment that we both read the book that quickly because as I'm as, as I'm reading it, literally, I felt like I was reading like my own autobiography, going through the record stores, like spending hours upon hours with MTV, growing up, like you said, with the toys and being infatuated with that, the kiss thing, the videos, the big hair, the girls, like, and then, you know, obviously the downfall and what, what came after it, like. It's such right. a great, it's such a great story. And I think, you know, I, 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 we wish you the best with the book because I think anybody our age is just going to really feel that, that, that nostalgia and that memory and adding all the interviews into it. Just, just, it really, it really is a, a really great story. Man, that means a lot. I appreciate it. That's exactly what I was trying to do. I was trying to tell people, like, it's not the encyclopedia of hair model. Not right. every single band and every single album is mentioned. It's not what it is. It's really just a story of me kind of remembering all these different years, 86 to 91, and then inserting all these albums and, and conversations that I had with, with all the artists that were on the podcast that meant a lot to me. And what was cool about but as I actually went back and I re um, I re listened to some of the podcasts and I did new transcriptions. So a lot of this stuff is different stuff that hasn't been circulating before. I mean, granted, if you if you've been listening to podcasts for four years religiously, uh, maybe you have heard some of this before. But I'm assuming not everybody has. And I think the way that it's put together, I, I, yeah, it's supposed to it's got a flow. It's done a certain way. Uh, I wanted it to end in 1991, and I'll be honest, guys, it really was just supposed to be an ebook. You know that I just mm -hmm. wanted to do book because most ebooks are not very long so this you know this uh comes in about 200 pages but it's larger print it's got pictures like you said you can bang through it in a day no problem but um it had to end in 91 i just i felt like there was something that was happening as i was writing the book and piecing it together let's be honest i didn't have a point i was like well let's just be nostalgic and let's just talk about stuff all of a sudden the stories are like all similar bands talking about getting forced to like make a power ballad or to look a certain way or they finished the album and then the record company was like, no, you need some more singles, you know? So this stuff just kept happening and happening. And then I'm getting all these thoughts of like, man, record labels like ruined our, our, our bands, you know what I mean? Ru ruined this genre. So there was a lot of revelations that I make, especially toward the end. And so I, I do think the book has a point. It kind of, you know, just, it touches on what, what killed this thing. And, and it also touches on why we got into it so much. So I, I try to, you know, like I said, I'm not an author. I'm not the deepest human being on the planet, but um, I just tell a story and that's pretty much it, man. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. 
And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. So for me, I will be honest, I love how it reads. I have the worst fucking attention span there is. Tom will tell you we run this podcast together and I'll be like, oh, what's going on over here? Oh, yeah. what's going on? <laughs> Constantly. But I read yours in one day. And the reason why, number one, like Tom said, I put myself in the, your shoes. Remember going to the record store and seeing which album uh, looks good. And I would yep. buy albums by like, this looks like it would be a cool <laughs> album by this band. They look cool in the front. I'll buy it. And yep. just hope that it turns out to be good. Um, <laughs> I used to do that. I used to go to the magazines every week and get either the Metal Edge, Hit Parader, or Circus. I would buy those religiously. And then I would time those like, oh, Kiss has got a new album coming out. Who dares wins? Remember yeah. that? It wasn't Crazy Nights. That's because right. that's what they were teasing. So like Who things ne- like that. And the way that you formatted your book from starting out, learning about music, and then the 80s. And then really, you can't call the Quiet Riot, Van Halen, Def Leppard, Pyromania the beginning. But it was sort of because they were the first right. hoppers. And, but it wasn't the hair metal that we see today. And a couple points I got to pick up. Number one, you made an excellent point that a lot of those dinosaurs that weren't even dinosaurs like Quiet Riot and Dio and others how do we fit in with this hair metal? We don't have good looking people in our band <laughs> and quiet riot and shit like that just fell out. They couldn't yep. keep up with that shit oh. Went from, you know, triple platinum, big hit, number one album, first metal album, number one to fucking can't sell out shit. 
Right. Uh, and it's amazing. You follow that trajectory all the way and you get to 91. Right. The second point I want to make that I enjoyed in your book, and I don't want to give it all away. I've always had my go theory. On, go, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give away too much, but my, I've always had my theory as to why hair metal, in quotes, died. Okay. But okay. one of the big things, and you make a point to this, and it's a lot of it's based upon your interviews and stuff. You start seeing the bigger picture of what you just said, the record labels. I didn't realize how much shit bags they are when they're like sending bands back. And it's specific because you quote your interviews where people are like, no, no, you got to do this. The band, the label said this. Well, the label said, oh, we're going to ship this out. Come on in. And all of a sudden we see Allison change and Nirvana posters up there. And they're like, yeah, fuck you. We're not giving you any. Or they'll just (laughs) let you finish your album, not promote it, and then cut you when they can. How much the label really screwed the hair yeah. metal people and gave them no respect and cut them off. Those are important parts. I, I love that aspect of your book. So it can't kind of changed my mind a little bit mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it. It was fun. I like some of the bands. I will be honest when you get to fucking bands like riot and nitro skip, skip, skip. Um, <laughs> I need to know who I'm fucking listening about, but yeah. I loved it. You love certain bands that I love. Then you hate certain bands that, you know, maybe I I love. I don't know. But it was interesting to read your thoughts on these bands that I'm familiar with. May like them, may not. But, Mike, it's a great read. And I'm really, really, I can't say enough about it to tell people, give this guy a shot, listen, buy his book, check it out, because you'll enjoy it. I know I did. Man, I appreciate that. I, I love what you said, Zeus, about the attention span. I'm the exact same way. That's why I don't ever get too real deep in any one thing. You know, we'll have a paragraph about uh, T-shirts, and then we're on to the next. You know what I mean? I'm not going to yes. Look out. I mean, I've read a lot of the other books, and I think they're great. But I mean, some of them start off like they're just talking like the history of like rock and going from the '50s and stuff. I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? I, yeah. get, I get right into them. Three, four, five pages into it, you're talking to Bruce Kulick about Asylum. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, that's movies and stuff you know i like stallone and action movies i like people getting right to the point it's not going to be a lot of you know stuff in there to you're not a big the english the english patient movie viewer <laughs> right no man let's just get right into it so yeah. like i said stuff about me in the early days i get it nobody really gives a shit about me per se and that was the whole point it was never really about me it's just like you said you could put yourself in there because you did those same things so it's just trying Trying to get everybody to relate because we've all done the same stuff if we're in that age group. Yeah. Yeah. The other yeah. thing I love about this book too is it, it, this is a kind of story. It's kind of like the Titanic. You know how it ends. You, <laughs> yeah. you, 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 you know how you know how it ends, but you still can't wait to read the whole story and wait for the iceberg when 1991 yeah. comes around. And 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 it's funny, like you did such a really good job. I know we're not, we're not trying to give the book away. I mean, people know the history of hair metal, so we're not giving specifics away, but you do such right. a great job of painting the picture of how it kind of percolated with the magazines and with MTV and then how it was at its peak and then how the record labels got involved in this oversaturation. Then you did a really yep. nice job of painting that picture of like, Oh shit, here it comes. This is like hair metals starting to die here now. And and how people yeah. were hanging on to it. And when the bands and the management and the record labels realized that they couldn't hang on anymore, they just said, friggin' see you later. We're, <laughs> we're done with you. Now, one thing one thing I noticed, Mike, um, so you ended the book around 91. 
Yeah. Did, was there any thought at all about maybe doing like, you know, how sometimes if you see a book or a movie where there's like a fast forward and then you looked at, at bands like Kiss, you know, like Skid Row, like Tesla that continued to put out albums, even though no one really ever heard of them, except for people like, like the three of us. Right, right, right. Um, you know, honestly, I'm a sequel guy. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I okay. Like so okay. So like, I, I'm a wishful thinking. I'm, I'm hoping this does well and we can do another one. The cool okay. thing is, is, you know, these things, as you know, podcasting, all this stuff, we're not making money off this stuff. You know right, what I mean? It's, right. right. You know what I mean? We all have regular jobs and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, if I get down to it, obviously, if you write one book, you're not ready to do another one like instantly. But I easily could do 92 to something else. Right. And, and kind of touch on what you're saying, because there's going to be some years that you're going to blow through because let's face it, our guys didn't do much, you know, as you got, except for kiss with the reunion tour, there wasn't much going on. You know what I mean? Right. So, right. Yeah. But so I know, I, I think in my mind, I'm thinking of, of a second one. I think I, I'll be honest with you guys. Um, some of my favorite albums from all the bands that I love come from 92 to whatever. I mean, revenge. Yeah. Uh, Sabotage, Edge of Thorns, Man of War, Triumph of Steel. I mean, there's all kinds of albums, 92, 93, 94, that I love. So I would love to do another one because I actually yeah. like a lot of those albums better than the, the 80s, honestly, to be honest with you. So yeah. I would love to well, do another one. You should hit the Monsters of Rock Cruise. That's I what I was you just going to say. Die in heaven, and you'll probably get about 50,000 quotes and interviews just by being on that cruise with all those bands and stuff. And then, and you would probably be able to hit that sequel out of the park nonstop. <laughs> and it'd be interesting, too. What did you do be- during that time? Hey, uh, you know, I just saw somebody put up a video the other day, and it was like Jack, uh, Jack Russell when he was working at a, uh, as, as a, what do you call it? As a bagger at a grocery store in between. Right. His gig, I don't know if you've seen that, but he it just started getting circulated again. It was on my YouTube feed. I'm like, when did he do that? I thought he's been his band's been touring all this time. And there he was, bagging groceries. You yeah, know, a lot of have to have side gigs, you know. But one there was one thought I wanted to throw out there is that you know, you guys made some awesome points about how like 91 it was getting, you know, really crazy. But one of the bands I think they got screwed over the worst, uh, at least for that one part of the book is, is Europe. And and, mm. and because what they it's like they had the album ready to go and it could have came out in 90. And we all know that like 90 was like still fairly healthy, you know, flesh and yep. blood by Poison and, you know, the, the, the hot, the shade tour, it was healthy. But when they, when they had to shelve some of their stuff and rewrite it and then get it out in 91, I mean, 91, come on, what, what a horrible time to release it. And one other thing that's in there, I know revealing a lot of stuff, but it's okay. Bob Rock was supposed to produce uh, Europe's album, Prisoner yep. in Paradise. But he opted to go with Metallica, the Black Album. Good move. Yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say, (laughs) how'd that work out for him? Well played, well played. Well, you know, if if they could have had Bob Rock in '90, you know, doing an album for Europe, it might have turned out different. So a lot of these people, like I said, their their trajectory might have been a little bit different without this meddling of the labels and and everything that happened. So yeah, the 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 section that I love too, and and anytime because I'm sure we've all read a lot of these same like you know '80s rock. You know, there's a great book out there. I think it's called Nothing But a Good Time. You know, that's a that's a yep. really good one too that talks about yep. this. And every time it gets to the, the, whether it's your book or any of these other books, anytime it gets to the section on the, the power ballad and how a lot yeah. of these, and how a lot of these bands, you know, again, I don't want to give anything away. I won't name a specific band, but the stories about how these bands like, all right, here's our new album. And the, you know, management or the record company's like, yeah. where's the power ballad? They're like, there's, we don't have one here. This, this is like a kick-ass rock. I'm like, no, it's not. 
go back and friggin' and that's <laughs> and that kind of is the answer to why some of these power ballads are horrendous because right. you because you can tell that they're so formulaic because they were probably ordered to do them. Whereas some of the earlier ones are kind of organic. And that's why those are the ones that you kind of listen to. You can kind of be like, okay, it's, it's a little eighties cheesy, but it's still a good song. What was the power ballad that started it all, Tom? What's that? What was the real hair metal power ballad that started off? What do you guys say? I would, that started that, that blew up. I would say probably home sweet home. Thank you. And is that, I think that's that's universally agreed upon. But that is not a heaven is too far <laughs> exactly. away. It isn't. Right. I won't forget you. It's exactly. Not formulaic. Oh, tell a girl right. yep. that you're breaking my heart. Home Sweet Home is an awesome song about the road, which has happened for years and years and years. Yep. Bands yep. have been doing it. And the song just kicked ass between the piano and the guitar solo. Yep. It was just so organically yep. a good song. Everybody else is like, do that, do that. But it happened in in uh what would you like arena rock before that? All of a sudden, Ariel Speedwagon oh, is not doing Journey. rock; they're doing Journey, Chicago, yeah. all kind of rock bands that people wore their patches. Nobody's wearing a Chicago patch in nineteen eighty seven, right? They, they're just doing ballads because that's where they found the success. Right. Same thing with hair metal, but I think Home Street Home just is in a different planet. As a and song, it's the, it's the same thing. With, everything else, yeah, and it's the same thing with like "Love Song" by Tesla. Like, there's a reason that that that, and then there's like, and you name, there's a reason why. Like, I'm sorry, I know the guy's got a great voice, but "I'll Never <laughs> Let You Go" by Steelheart oh. is like a parody. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I'm sorry, the guy's got a great voice, and when he hits that note, it's fantastic. But I mean, yep. that between that and then you know Skid Row and I Remember You and every song was like you're like wait who sings this one again and you can tell that they were so- House of Pain, Ballad of Jane, right? Go down the fucking list; they're <laughs> right. all there. Right. And really, which one of them really moves you? Nothing right. like Home Sweet Home. Right, right. Even no. Forever, we all love it. It's a Kiss song, even that. But you know, Paul is like, I'm gonna write a. I'm going to write a ballad song too. It's going to be better than Beth. You'll see. I can smoke all these guys. Yeah, yeah. It's true. It's yeah. true. So Mike, let, Mike, let me ask you this. We always like to have this discussion, Zeus and I and our friends and everybody. Two things. What do you think of the term hair metal? Does that, is that like, cause I, to me, I think it, I love it. I, I embrace it. I mean, Sirius XM has hair nation. I know guys like Eddie trunk hate it. Yep. I don't know. I think it's fun. I'm totally down with it, man. Totally down. With it. I wouldn't call the book hair metal journey. Yeah, but exactly. Exactly. But no, I, you're right. I, I say in the book, I've said it on interviews. I've said it a million times. I've said it in podcasts, but like if I say eighties rock, I could be talking about Brian Adams or Huey Lewis, right? Yes. Metal. I could be talking about anthrax. Okay. But when I say hair metal, you know who I'm talking about, right? Poison, Motley Crue, Cinderella, you know, so Perfect. To me, it may have started as a negative, but it's a real good descriptor and people, there's no more confusion. And like I said, hair nation, Hair metal cruises and all this shit, you know, it's just, it's just the way we talk now. It is what it is. Yeah. And, and I think, and I think it's one of those terms. I know for me that when I hear it, it evokes everything, the, 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 the right. visuals, the visuals, the, the videos, the records, the music. And I think, and that's why I personally like it. That's why, I mean, if, I mean, I know everybody's got Spotify and Apple Music and you can stream on demand, but there's something about getting in my car and putting on Sirius XM Hair Nation and wondering yeah. wondering what either <laughs> aw- awesome song is going to be next or what disaster yep. is going to be next. It's great. It's great. 
Yeah, the yep. other thing is the same thing happened with grunge. Do I call it grunge? Yeah, but is it really? But if I say grunge, I know who he's talking about. If if, if right. I say, hey, put on a grunge album, he knows I'm saying AIC, Stone Temple Pilots, uh, Smashing Pumpkins, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, things like that. But if I say put on a 90s, that's Oasis, that's Alanis Morissette, Liz Fair. Right. That's right. a but but even though those bands hate the word grunge, same thing with hair metal. If I say hair metal, you will put on Rock You Like a Hurricane. Scorpions have been around since the fucking 70s. You know, and the same thing with yep. Kiss. You'll put certain songs from Kiss if I say hair metal, but you won't put on calling Dr. Love. No. It, and, and that's the thing. It just it may not you may not like it, but you know what someone means when they say hair metal. Yep, I right. agree. I, I agree. Just th- th- it's something that's never going to go away at this point. So I think people have to accept it. Uh, e- even in the book, we got Stephen Piercy's thoughts on it. I looked at it like if Stephen Piercy's cool with it, man, then you have no reason not to be not cool with it. So. It's, it's true. It's true. And 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 one one last thing, that, one other topic I wanted to touch on before we wrap up with you is I think the the age old talk and I, and to me. I, I think I, I really think it's a cliche to say that Nirvana killed hair metal or grunge killed hair metal. Hair metal killed hair metal. Correct. And I think the timing was perfect where who 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 said it? I God, I can't. I, I, Zeus, maybe you know this. Mike, maybe you know this. Somebody said uh, hair metal. What was it like? Hair metal killed itself, but grunge was there to pick up the gun or something. So. <laughs> So o- almost like almost like everybody pointed the finger at grunge because they because they just happened to arrive at the same time all these shitty hair metal bands were putting out their third fourth fifth album that nobody wanted to listen to anymore. So rather than be like, hey, you know what, we kind of suck. They're like, no, 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 Nirvana did this. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I like like at the end of the book we go through a bunch of suspects, right? And, and some of them are like abstract concepts. Some of them yep. are record sales. You know, I won't get into all of it, but I think of all the suspects, Nirvana's the least guilty you know what i mean they were just there like you said right at the, at the time i look at it like it's it's like the way motley crew came into the 80s right motley crew was totally different than what was going on with disco and everything you know what i mean so 81 totally different you get nirvana coming in 91 it's totally different than what was before you know it's we're back to that rawness and heaviness and and nasty and parents don't like it you know it gets got too safe you know when you like you said you're talking about power ballads being in the top 10 your mom and dad like motley Crue songs it's not cool anymore you know what i mean so that that's kind of where it went i got too corporate so yep it's true yeah one other thing i want to add is i i made the kind of uh i don't know hot take of saying that I believe Metallica killed hair metal more than Nirvana ever did. And the way I see it is all of a sudden thrash became because of Metallica made it to mainstream and Metallica is playing heavy, aggressive stuff. So if you're into the heavy, aggressive stuff, who's listening to like, uh, what's the fucking poison song that made it to number one, uh, the bopping song, unskinny bop, (laughs) unskinny bop. So right. if you're the yeah. kid playing Unskinny Bob and the other kid's playing Enter Sandman, who looks yeah. like, excuse my language, who looks like the pussy and who <laughs> looks like the real fucking cool guy? Yep. And Metallica making fun of Winger, Beavis and Butthead making fun of Winger. All yep. of a sudden, those guys with the silly overdone hair and the silly makeup and the girly look, and now you got stripped down Metallica, fucking getting into mainstream, looking cool. 
And all of a sudden, stripped down Pearl Jam comes out. Nirvana, nothing like those guys. And it's right. all about lyrics and music and this punk attitude. Of course, fucking, you know, like Warren Cherry Pie is going to look like, oh. But the yeah. thing that annoys the shit out of me is then how did um, like rap continue to thrive when they had the same fake kind of imagery about like being all about money, being all about girls, the David Lee Roth lifestyle. That is okay. But the hair metal guys, you know why? Because the fucking bands in the rock genre ate its own. They ate their own. They shit on each other. Yep. That's the difference. That's the only genre that was doing that shit. You didn't see fucking uh, Wailing Jennings shit on Garth Brooks because that's (laughs) the new wave of musicians. But the new waves of musicians were shitting on these old, the hair metal guys. And it just ate its own. And then yep. Metallica is still cool. And now you got this new group that's just like Metallica, but a little different. Really fucking stripped down. Where, where's fucking uh, Cherry Pie going to go on that list? Right? Right. Right. You know, you make a great point. And I, I talk about this in the book about the Black Album. And and I know what you're saying. Black, black Album, you could look at it as that it, it, it might have started the cracks of hair metal but i think that i think the black album did two different things i think it actually pushed a lot of the hair bands to get heavier and i mm-hmm. think that it also made some of the thrash bands get lighter you know what i mean because if you look at the releases after the black album testament did a real scaled down album i think it was called the ritual so if you looked at, and the same thing with overkill they did i hear black so if you notice like when that came out, a lot of bands tried to do a little bit, you know, like a slow, heavy, you know, straight up more groove album the way like Metallica did. And then uh, Pantera, let's forget about it. I mean, that that changed metal as well. So, But I don't want to hear a, a heavy warrant, though. I don't want to hear a heavy poison. I want melodic, cool, hit the guitar solo back to the catchy chorus. That's what you right. do. That's what they do. But I, I'll, I'll, yep. I'll prove your point to you, what you're making. I didn't own one single fucking Metallica album. I bought the Black album, though. I listened to the Black album. I didn't buy any more Poison albums after that. Right. There wasn't any more. No, I'm just kidding. There was. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he is Metal Mike. His podcast is 80s Glam Metal Cast, and the book is a hair metal journey. As you can tell, the three of us love the book. Obviously, Mike does. It's his book. (laughs) We, we We love the subject. We could talk about this forever. So please check him out. Mike, tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find the book, where they can find your podcast and all your social media so people can get hooked up with you if they're not already. Sure, man. Just uh, for, for the podcast, you know, obviously just search it up on YouTube. It's on Spotify. We got the Twitter account, 80s Glam Metalcast. And the book is on Amazon. So you can get it as an ebook and you can get it as an uh, actual paperback. The paperback looks great, man. Amazon did an awesome job with it. And it's not an expensive book. It's like $7.99 ebook, $10.99 paperback. And like I said, for, for that, that's four years of the 80s Glam, 80s. Glam metal greatest hits right there of interviews. All put it, that's like the tour book of the '80s glam metal cast. So if you've ever been a fan of the show, uh, it's a nice way to support support us. Like I said, I've never uh, never put any kind of product out of any kind, so this is the first product I've ever put out. Uh, so like I said, if you want to support me, that's great. And uh, I appreciate everything you guys said about the book. I'm glad that you read it. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Uh, that's what it was all about. Just kind of going back and reflecting, you know, having fun, thinking about all this stuff from the '80s and kind of dissecting it you know when you hear those similar stories right figuring out what killed this thing or and why we got into it so it's a lot of a 
lot of different concepts thrown in there too. So awesome. Mike, again, congrats. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Check him out. Metal Mike, eighties, glam metal cast, a hair metal journey. Check him out, get his book, get his podcast. Mike, thank so much. And congrats on the book. Thanks guys. This was great. Thanks Mike. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.